any franchise, any of the big visual blockbusters, Marvel, DC, whatever, Michael Bay Productions or whatever, this is, yeah. there are levels to this. And Michael, uh, James Cameron is at the peak yeah. of this. I, the very first scene where the camera is going over like the Pandora sky and there's those mountains in the yeah. sky just levitating. I sat up in my seat because I was just like, that looks real. It absolutely yeah. blew me away. And there are parts of this that I was like, are they just filming in the Amazon forest or something? Because it looked mm. so much, the quality and the detail behind this. Like if he spent 13 years doing this, I can kind of understand it because yeah. the love of this um, world, the world building that's gone on here, the language and the intricacies of it, yeah. it is a whole other level, but the visuals. Hello, welcome back to another episode of D54. I'm Amit and I'm joined by Mr. Sunny. Hey man, happy to be here. Man, we're talking about, we're looking forward to this conversation because we're talking about Avatar 2. Avatar, the way of the water. Oof, man, after how many years? Like 2009 to 2023. 13 years. 13, 13 years, years in the making. Yeah, yeah. So man, where were you for Avatar 1 and what were your expectations coming in for Avatar 2? It's so funny, man. I remember watching the first Avatar movie and I think I saw it in 3D. It was the, maybe oh. one of the first films I'd ever seen in 3D and I was absolutely blown away. I had never seen anything like it. And I assume that's how a lot of people felt, given it absolutely yeah. smashed box office records. I remember just being stunned the entire time. And again, it was just like a visual masterpiece. It wasn't the story that was being told, which is fairly you know, generic in a way, but I remember walking out of that cinema and thinking I've never seen anything like that before and just wondering kind of what is next in terms of CGI and all of that because that was just a massive leap forward, it felt. It didn't feel like an incremental kind of improvement in visuals. Yeah. It just was far and away above anything I'd ever seen and add 3D on top of that. It was quite literally a game changer and something I won't forget. And then it just kind of went out of my consciousness for the last 13 years, dude. Like, <laughs> I'd never thought about it until I saw a trailer for it. And I was like, ah, oh, I forgot that this was a thing. And then I kept seeing yeah. trailers for it. But I don't know if there was hype around this. Maybe you know a bit more, but I mm. had no inclination that was coming. I forgot that this franchise was still going. Um, and it just kind of was interesting just because there was no hype unlike the first movie where everyone was you know lining up to go yep. watch it so interesting man forgot this existed until i saw a trailer <laughs> no man i was in the same boat as you man it definitely caught me by surprise and it became like like you know to give some people some context who weren't around for that time um man this took over the world like this was huge and you're right visually it was amazing i think it i don't know if it was the first 3D movie I saw, but it definitely was the one that I remember the most. The most memorable. Amazing, yeah. yeah. And you're right. It did. It really did sort of strike me as to how just visually beautiful it was. Um, you're right. The storyline was, you know, hidden missy. I did kind of like it at some points, but man, it was just like a global, like, sensation. Phenomenal. I don't know if like, the only thing I can think of that's even comparable with today's age would be a little bit like Top Gun. That, yeah. that movie caught me by surprise. Like, I didn't think that that would be anywhere near as big it was as it was, you know, when it came out. And same with Avatar. I didn't even hear about it um, yeah. until people started watching it. Then I was like, okay, I want to go see it as well. Yeah, because yeah, it yeah. just took the world by storm. But yeah, man, like you, completely forgot about it. Didn't think about it. I'd seen some trailers for it and the trailers seemed to focus on the look of it as well and not talk too yeah. much about the story. Yes. So, yes. I had a lot of reservations coming in because I was kind of like, what are they going to do with this old property from like ages ago? Um, which leads us to a little bit of a transition about Mr. James Cameron mm. and sort of like, I, I personally, I can't put my finger on what exactly James Cameron is as a director. Because mm. like, I know he's done a lot of reviews, blockbusters. He's got Avatar 1, Titanic, Terminator, um, Alien. Sort of, he's got huge blockbusters under his name, but I can't ever tell a distinct style of his. You know, maybe Avatar is his style. Like, I don't really know what else because I can define other directors pretty easily when yeah. I watch the movies. Yeah, someone I just, I just can't 
understand. It's just there's nothing distinct or unique about what he's producing. Like the only common theme I can think of in terms of his most recent films is maybe that they are huge spectacles. Whether it's Avatar yep. or like you know Titanic, that's not even recent. That was what like nineties. Yeah. But like they're <laughs> massive spectacles. Maybe what he really likes is water. It's Titanic is set in water, <laughs> and this is in water. So that is his yep. unique theme. He just likes movies set in water. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that that that, that could be it. Yes, yeah, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I can't call myself a. I can't call myself a fan of James Cameron yeah. as a director because like. Unlike other directors we've talked about, sort of even on the podcast, like Sam yeah. Raimi, for instance, mm. you can easily tell like what he sort of wants to do in a movie, whether yes. it's you know a horror movie or like a more sort of serious drama. Um, there's certain elements that they have which you can be like, oh, okay, that's very much like that director. With um, Avatar, like you know James Cameron Avatar, I have a hard time taking it apart. But look, yeah. you know maybe we'll get to know more about him to this sort of new franchise that we'll touch on a little bit later. But um, before we get into this movie, man, like, what yeah. do you think? Why, why do you think this took so long to come out? Like, what are your it, theories behind that? <laughs> I mean, it's hard to believe. And I think it does itself a massive disservice in terms of the length of time it took to make this because it just fell out of the public consciousness so much that it had no momentum. And any kind of interest we had in the plot and the characters just kind of fell away by the time this film came around. And for all the criticisms of Marvel, the one thing it does is it churns out its products routinely enough, and that obviously to the detriment of its quality, I guess. But yeah. at least there's kind of a consistent continuity in the characters that we're all pretty familiar with. In terms of why it took so long, I imagine a lot of it was spent in kind of the post-production, not so much the filming, but like getting yeah. the visuals up to kind of the standard that he wanted. Because this doesn't require too much of the actors in terms of difficulty or whatever in terms of scenes. I, I just, it, it must be the back end of it in terms of creating this world and adding color to it and getting mm. the quality to the level that it is in this film, which again is stunning. That must have been where it took some time. And I know he also filmed the third film at the same time yeah. as well. So I guess maybe that extended it a little bit, but that would be my theory. It's just the visuals. Took an age. I think that might be one side of things. Could this be a strategic move of his to put it out at this time? Um, Hmm. I want your opinion on this because I don't know, like, in terms of the Avatar franchise, because, you know, he's already, this is a franchise, there's no denying that. Like, he's already made Avatar 3. And to give some context, this movie has made almost $2 billion. um, You know, unbelievable. So, you know, it's definitely a commercial you know, success, one of the biggest to ever do it, uh, not too far off the original. So, you know, he's definitely all in with this and everyone else's as well. But, like, I don't know, man. Like, are there any more, like, franchises anymore? Like, I think the MCU was one of the biggest franchises during yeah. phases one to three, and it's still yeah. obviously making a lot of money. But yeah. I think there's a strong contingent of people that are sort of leaving that. And so, yeah. you know, I've been like, okay, I've sort of had enough. It's not at its peak anymore. It's kind of past its prime like, almost, yeah. You know, we've had like Jurassic Park's come and gone, like with yep. the Dominion yeah. um, release and that's sort of the end of that phase. I'm not sure how many more Fast and Furious movies they're doing anymore. Yeah. Like I'm just trying to think of all the franchises and think of what's actually left anymore in terms of franchises. Like is that yeah. why? Is, is it prime time it, for, it you know? It could be, yeah. Because yeah. I can imagine this being drowned out in the Marvel noise if it was released around Endgame yeah. time or something, right? Because that would have divided audiences or taken away revenue. It feels like a time when people are looking for new things or like big franchises to hook onto and kind of attach their yeah. loyalty to. And this is it because they're going to be churning out a couple of movies every year for a little while under this franchise, right? So maybe yeah. it is a strategic call on James Cameron's part to wait until there's a gap that needs to be filled, as you mentioned. I think it might be it, because I can't really think of... I think the pre-production stuff is definitely true, but 13 years is a bit excessive. It's a um, lot. Yeah, it is <laughs> yeah, a yeah. lot. Yeah, so I imagine it would have taken quite a bit of time. You're spot and on you know, about the acting. Yeah, yeah, it, it wouldn't be too difficult. One interesting thing is, like, surely in the 13 years he was making this, like, the camera qualities and stuff must have changed during that time, right? So I wonder yeah. how that worked. Did he, like, have to go and refilm things as the camera quality got higher or was he already just always using the best quality there was and 
didn't need to worry about it. But a lot can change in 13 years, right? Yeah. In, in no, you're tech. exactly right. So no, I, exactly maybe right. I don't know when exactly the filming to this started, but I don't know. It, interesting. The, the little time yeah. lag, I guess. I don't know how he kept up with the changes in the technology in terms yeah. of you know, whether it's camera qualities or the motion, the motion capture, capture stuff that they did. Yeah. In this and the advances in that. I'm not really sure how he kept up to date, but I'm pretty impressed by the fact that he Dude. took 13 years to do this and it still looks like, honestly, and great transition now to sort of yes. the way this movie looked, man. Like, yeah. holy crap. Like, there put some context behind this, man. This is going to be yeah. pretty funny. Before this movie started, you know what I saw? I saw the trailer for Ant Man and the Wasp. <laughs> so that oh gives you a bit of time. Yeah. <laughs> That's a so whole got, other conversation, but yes. Yeah. But so you got two CGI heavy movies. And after I saw the trailer for Ant Man and the Wasp, I was not impressed by the visuals at all. And yeah, there's a whole other conversation as to <laughs> what I'm not, what, we'll what other things I'm not impressed by. But in terms of just the way it looked, it looked so generic and so cookie cutter. And when mm. Avatar started, like, so I actually watched this in 3D. So, oh, did you? Oh, man, I yeah, wish yeah. I'd, I'd been able to see it. I'd love to hear your yeah. take on how the 3D kind so of added to this. Yeah. So, you know, saw it in 3D, went to the cookie bar or the snack bar and got myself my glasses. and Really um, settled down for the long was, haul. Yeah, man. It was, it was interesting, man, because when I started, like, the first, like, five minutes was kind of disorientating. Because I've not seen a 3D movie probably since Avatar 1. <laughs> Because like well, it's, it's really fizzled it out of well, fashion, right? Yeah. 3D. Oh, yeah. It, not really a thing anymore, it, right? It died after Avatar 1, which is unbelievable again, because how yeah, big yeah, it yeah. was at that time. Yeah. Um, they had they had 3D TVs at one point, which went nowhere. But yeah, man, so I saw it in 3D. The first five minutes was really disorientating. I couldn't. It almost felt like it was off. Like I, I almost felt like I was not able to focus because there's just so much coming at you. Yeah, but after that, you sort of settle in, and it becomes a whole different experience. Um, but yeah, I would say it was you know because I wanted to see what it sort of added to the movie. It does add a different element. You you feel like you watch something different compared to sort of, yeah. other sort of movies. But just in terms of the way this looked, just going back to sort of the CGI and stuff, amazing. This movie is like ten out of ten. For it is incomparable. The way it man. looks, man. Yeah. What were you? I mean, how did you sort of perceive this? Like the first film I thought was groundbreaking and so ahead of its time. This, I had the same feeling, man, because as you mm-hmm. said, like Ant-Man holds nothing to this. Any franchise, any of the big visual blockbusters, Marvel, DC, whatever, Michael Bay Productions or whatever, this is, yeah. there are levels to this. And Michael, uh, James Cameron is at the peak yeah. of this. Like the very first scene where the camera is going over like the Pandora sky and there's those mountains in the yeah. sky just levitating. I sat up in my seat because I was just like, that looks real. It absolutely blew me away. And there are parts of this that I was like, are they just filming in the Amazon forest or something? Because it looked mm. so much, the quality and the detail behind this. Like if he spent 13 years doing this, I can kind of understand it because yeah. the love of this um, world, the world building that's gone on here, the language and the intricacies of it, yeah. it is a whole other level. But the visuals, it's a three hour and 10 minute film. And never can I say I stopped being stunned by how beautiful it looked. Yeah. I have a lot of criticisms of this movie, but it never stopped looking absolutely gorgeous the entire time. Like it is yeah. just and yeah, this level up from everything else you see in cinema right now is just noticeable. It makes me think, man, what's next after this? Like, where yeah. can he go in terms of visuals? Like, this is flawless. I can't imagine something more crisp, more detail, like more lively and like real when it appears on your screen than this. Just made yeah. me think, like, is this the end game? But it, it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just one click away. Nah. Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, nah, man. Like, the thing is, he also challenged himself greatly in this movie. Like, he went to, like, well, the first movie was absolutely stunning and it still probably holds up today. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the visuals, he went into the water, which is so much more challenging from a technical point of view, I would imagine, to get all that to look really realistic. Um, and you're right, never at one moment did I feel anything looked off. The yeah. only thing was like, I had a hard time sometimes just adjusting myself to the way the Avatar people looked. 
yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Just because yeah. that's kind of like alienish, but they look yes. you know stunning as well. But yeah, the landscapes, amazing. Every single character, every single background character is done so well. Um, yes, and so much detail. And there's definitely a he definitely loves this, this stuff. So I think if there's anything defining from James Cameron, maybe it's this. Like this is know, his like magnum opus. This is yeah. what he wants to be remembered for, right? Yeah, exactly right. Like this is like it's no matter. Yeah, I'm same as you, and we'll get into all those criticisms pretty soon. But visually, man, it was absolutely stunning. And one thing I loved is it's like with the way they've done this. Um, both familiar with this motion capture stuff that they've done with this sort of uh, putting the dots on the faces and the body and basically creating like a digital world from what I saw in some of the background sort of um, you know behind the scenes footage. It's done this thing where like I kind of appreciate CGI being done like this, where yes. it's sort of, you know, you still have the emotion from the, you know, characters. And that's the main thing. Like, you know, all the actors that's it. are acting. And you really I've really saw that come through, especially with um I think for me, probably the star performer was Zoe Saldana. Yeah. Some of the scenes yeah. that she had when she sort of, you know, expresses her pain or when she yeah. her son and stuff, I was done because it was so well done and i've not seen yeah. a cgi character like that showing so much emotion because it's real like she's yeah. showing emotion the actor is there and the cgi is enhancing it yes but in so much of stuff we see today right it's just like a cgi monster screaming and that's yeah the emotion we get it is amazing yeah, man, man. Was- when you talk about zoe saldana and like how real it was one of the things i also felt was noticeably different in this compared to the first avatar was that the avatars of the actors kind of look more like the actors. Like things look a bit more like Sam Worthington. Everyone looks a bit more like who they are in real life. Whereas in the first avatar, they were kind of just the CGI blob, all like really beautifully done, but they had no resemblance to the actors themselves. And that just, again, shows you the jump in quality and like the continual refinement of the CGI work. And I absolutely agree with you, man. This wasn't lazy CGI. The guy went and worked to produce this and for the actors it must have been more challenging than standing in front of a green screen right oh like imagine oh, how man. uninspiring that would be standing in front of a green screen for two hours and doing a film take and then going home again like, yeah. that, that's not challenging as an actor i imagine and not fun it's strange right because this is like again some of the backstage footage it's just in like a warehouse it looks like yeah like, you know, can i tell like, you the story for this man yeah Yeah, so apparently they custom built a tank somewhere, right, in some building that was 40 feet long and like 10 meters deep, and it could simulate waves and stuff. So when you hear characters talking with waves lapping up against them, that was actual waves that were being simulated, and they were talking their lines over those waves. Oh, my God. And apparently this, like, motion capture stuff, he wanted it done underwater so you can get all the movements of the characters absolutely right and their mannerisms. And so what they had to do was create like crystal clear water to get all of the dots on their faces and all of that right. But the problem is to stay underwater, you need like breathing apparatuses, right, which create bubbles, which would ruin the quality of the film. And so he made the actors learn to hold their breath. That was his solution and all the camera people. So there's stories of Kate Winslet holding her breath for seven minutes and (laughs) and, um, Sigourney Weaver for six minutes. Because wow. they all just want to create the most pure and consistent uh, motion that they could underwater. So they all worked hard on this, man, and they pushed the limits of themselves oh, mentally, man. physically, technologically, like in incredible respect for, like, this is CGI done yeah. right. This is, like, the kind of stuff that makes the hair on my beard stand up. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was um, particular that, like, he's obviously got everyone involved with this to be completely all in and i have so much respect for just that aspect itself like yes you know whatever you however the movie comes out i have nothing more respect for everyone involved with this because it is something you're saying that kind of stuff yeah they're putting themselves through physical you know yes um, yes physical uh challenges yeah it reminds me a little bit again i don't know why this one keeps coming up but top gun like you know tom cruise i think he i don't know if it's tom cruise or if it was um the director who probably Tom Cruise because he's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, I think because he made everyone become fighter pilots basically. Yeah. And like, I remember like, um, like Miles Teller telling like they had to basically go through Navy SEAL training because in case of plane crash, they had to hold their breath underwater like Navy SEALs do. Dude. That <laughs> so, is, you know, in like, yeah, life is literally about, in danger. Yeah. 
And it's some it's no accident that these two movies are blockbusters, right? Like you good know, good point, man. The good that, point that comes through in the acting. You can see these people of how much they put through, them how much they put themselves through to get the product that was there. I think for yeah. um, Sigourney Weaver, I think was especially challenging because she played a kid. <laughs> yeah, she yeah, played yeah. like she played a thirteen year old kid in this. So I think she was mentioning stuff like I had to sort of be athletic and be nimble and you know move wow. like a kid moves. Yeah, because she's playing someone that's. She couldn't do it in real life. Like you couldn't see wow. her playing a thirteen-year-old. You know, isn't that so, amazing that you got all these like pretty famous actors and convinced them to do what is like a blockbuster movie? Because yeah. like, these are people who would probably get just do this for the money, right? And not because they're right. passionate, but you convince them to, you know, like be athletic and learn to hold their breath yeah. for extended periods of time. It, they must have all bought into the vision that James yeah. Cameron had. Yeah, definitely a great motivator. He's definitely somebody that's um gets people on board like that because I'm really impressed by that. And um, yeah, I'm also questioning what's sort of next. You know, Avatar 3 is next. And that's, yeah, probably yeah, yeah. The next, that's probably the next step in sort of wow. CGI if there is one. Like, I don't know what yeah. he's, what's he, he going to do. We'll talk about more about what they could do next potentially. I've got yeah, some yeah. ideas. But in terms of CGI, man, Where they're, yeah. they're already at the top. I mean, yeah. they're already at the top. Like, it's... And they're so far ahead. Um, yeah. And honestly, they're kind of making... I think superhero movies look bad at this point. Like, totally, it's going to be hard for me to watch um, anything from Marvel and be amazed by any CGI because they don't hold the a differences candle to are this so stark. Yeah, yeah. No. So enough of the positives, man. Let's let's get down <laughs> to it. Let's. Don't we've talked a little highly of this movie, James Cameron. You've done a great job, but yeah, man. <laughs> let's talk about some of the sort of criticisms about this movie. Um, let's start with some of the storyline and stuff like that, man. Yeah. Some stuff, look, I sort of let you take the reins of sort of what you sort of liked about sort of storylines. Yeah. Um, there was sort of some stuff I did like, especially around character. Yeah. But what do you think sort of about the storyline, how it played out overall, you know, yeah. how much there was in three and a half hours for them to sort of tell? Yeah, there was a lot going on, man. World. Yeah. I reckon there's a couple of separate points, I think, about the plot as a whole. I think the first is just how many beats from the first movie that this film also has in it like mm. there is basically the first movie is all about a fish out of water situation right like jake sully learning the way of the Na- navi and this is just him and his family learning the way of the the sea people are uh, the what's their name metkaina um yes. and so like the middle third of this movie the middle hour is basically them just swimming around in the water being mind blown by what they're seeing learning to like live in the way of the Metcaina people and, you know, ride the animals that they have. I just felt there were so many similarities here. Mm. And then I thought they literally returned to the same villain as well. Like that, that part I thought was just, why did they do that? I wish they had had something a bit different because I think this villain was far more interesting this time around than he was the first time, the Quat- Colonel Cottridge, I think his name is. Yes. Cottridge. Um, he was not just a purely evil dude like he was in the first one, which is very one-dimensional. Here, I guess he's a clone, which was firstly an odd way to bring him back to life in a way. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess he had this relationship with Spider, his son, but I I think father and son is obviously a theme throughout this movie. I, I don't know if that quite landed for me with Quatrich and his son Spider, but I just really wish they'd kind of elevated beyond just a villain who had this single-minded pursuit of killing Jake Sully and his family. I just thought for James Cameron to have spent 13 years developing this movie, creating a blockbuster world that is so detailed, could you not be a bit more ambitious in your writing of a villain or writing of a plot, not make it super generic the whole time? So I thought the villain was not at all compelling to me. Then I thought the length of the movie, probably the thing that most people will say about this, Three hours and 10 minutes. I reckon you could cut an hour out of this and it would not have made any difference. And in fact, you could probably forgive some of the negative aspects of this film if it had only been two hours. But three hours and 10 minutes, it's a lot to demand of an audience. And if I'm going to sit and watch something for three and a half hours, I expect decent dialogue, a decent plot, really well-defined characters. And he just didn't give that. Like you and I watch long films. Those Indian films are quite long that we watch, right? But we don't really complain about the length because they're done so well. It's compelling from start to end. 
it's refreshing stories being told. Here I felt the length of the movie. Um, of course, it was exciting with the visuals, but definitely felt the length of this movie. Um, the one other point I want to say about this film was missed opportunity on some things, man. I think oh, yeah. there was an element of this story, and it was a throwaway line, where someone tells Colonel Quattridge when he lands on Pandora that Earth is now dying and that they're looking mm. to colonize Pandora. So the situation's changed from the first movie where Earth is running out of natural resources and they need the thing that Pandora has, the unobtainium. Literally, Earth is dying now, and it's not unreasonable that the people of the planet need somewhere yep. to live. Isn't that a far more interesting moral exercise now that you could go through? Like, how could the Na'vi and humans live together? Can Jake be the bridge because he is human, but he's also the yep. way of the Na'vi as well? Like, what an interesting moral exercise that you could go down there. And instead, he just chose the most generic plot of humans are going to colonize this place and they're going to get this Colonel Quattridge guy to kill the main rebellion guy, which is Jake. I just thought, mate, so much more here that you could do. So yeah. again, it's just the ambition in the visuals is not matched by the ambition in the plot, man, which I just found really distracting, coupled with kind of issues with dialogue and all of that, which we can get into later. Mm. Yeah, man. Miss opportunity is the exact right word for me. Because for me, I would say I was on board with this movie for quite a lot of the way, to be honest. Like, even though it was repetitive, I didn't actually watch the first one again because yeah. I was I sort of had some of this fear that maybe it's going to repeat. So let me just watch it yeah. fresh, you know, yeah. so I just forget about it. And so that sort of paid off. But man, like, the, the fact you mentioned about that, that's a great one. But there were so many great themes that this movie had. And I was so much on board with some of this. The exploration into different mm. culture. Fantastic. Yes. You know, I thought yes. it was so good, like having Jake and his family move out to sort of this other tribe. I yes. actually didn't mind the fish out of water thing again, literally this time, because yeah, yeah. they're kind of in the water. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but what's it called? I definitely didn't mind that because it sort of made it really relatable. And something that worked for me, which surprised me, was how, yeah. how quickly I was on board with these characters. I fell in love with this family yep. almost instantly. For some reason. Yeah. I okay. was there. Yeah. Like I wanted to I wanted to know more. It was just rare for me. I criticize movies sometimes for not spending enough time with that. But just some of the dynamics they had, I think the interaction with Spider, the kid, and yeah. you know, it just felt also wholesome and nice. And I was really yes. on board with the family aspect, which I don't see so much yes. anymore in movies. So I was like, this is going along so good. Like you're bringing along challenges here. Um yeah. I want to explore more of this and how do you sort of integrate with the new tribes. And sort of how yes. is that going to work? What's that relationship going to be like? Because it's actually yes. a real thing. Like, um, you know, indigenous tribes, uh, like sort of the tribes of the um, the ones that are sort of in the oceans, like Easter yeah. Island and, you know, Fiji. The Polynesian it's, tribes, yeah. The Maori, Polynesian all, tribes, yeah. correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these tribes, there's this thing that happened and it's pretty, one of the most unexplained things in history, I think, is that they're all completely separate, but somehow they all yes. have a similar culture in some ways. So mm. sometimes they have languages that even overlap each other, but they're from completely different parts of the world, which is so Amazing. weird. So you could have explored yes. some of that stuff if you really wanted to go down that direction, which yes. I think it was starting to, you know. On top of that, you have, yes. the, you know, anything with nature I'm going to be on top of. So like I just yeah, love yeah, the interaction yeah, yeah. with the animals, yes. with sort of how they interact, the character of the whale. Beautiful. Yes. That's so much, that's so much going for you. And then yes. the pacing of this movie was just absolutely, it just died at one stage for me. Basically, I thought mm. it was going along okay until they introduced the whole whale plot. The whale, you yeah. know how they sort of get um, yes. the serum yes. from the whale to sell off to rich people. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, why? Look, this is not, why is this a focus all of a sudden now? I'm not interested in this talk, right? I don't 100% it was just shoehorned in there for no reason. Yeah. And it's just, um, you know, like, they, they could have explored so many things with in terms of world building you mentioned before. Like, how did you try to yes. interact with each other? Also, what's the differences yes. in language? What's the differences in culture? Yeah. You know, they explored, yes. they just touched on this so, so subtly. And I was like, yeah. why? There's, there's stuff there which I'm enjoying. Don't go away from it. Yes. But yes. No, they didn't want to go down that path. No, no, nothing in this, no. all the themes were kept so shallow, shallow yes. water. Um, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, didn't, didn't really go any, Sort of deeper than that. So it, yes. and to, yeah, you're right. 
it's hard for me to justify 13 years on a plot that's so thin. Um, nothing really happens. Man, Jake I- leaves one tribe. Yeah, go for it. Yes. No, no. I, I, you're absolutely right. There's not a lot that happens for part of this film. And one of the criticisms I have is it's, I feel like it is a bit self-indulgent of James Cameron to have just had these long expositions of just people in the yeah. water just being marveled by everything. Like, it's almost like his characters are marveling at Pandora and we're also meant to be marveling at Pandora yeah. as well. In a way, I get it because he's literally spent 13 years crafting this world and I'm sure every shot has got a great deal of detail in it and it, so he wants you to appreciate it. But there's a part of that I just thought this is just too much. This is not actually entertaining the audience or it's unnecessary at this point and you should just keep the plot moving a bit further. So it, it even got to the point where it annoyed me a little bit, the, you know, yeah. the Kiri in the water just marvelling at like some jellyfish or something. And I was like, all right, mate, like we've got massive whales. Let's just leave it at the whales yeah. and appreciate that there's some amazing wildlife here. And you're right, with the whales, what is it, the Tolkens or whatever, they have this- another passing comment that inside them they have some sort of elixir that will stop human ageing. Like what? Yes. Like that is a pretty amazing thing to have like thrown yes. out there and never explored ever again. No, they do stuff like that. They they um the scientists let us know that they're smarter than humans. They're smarter than oh, anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're the smartest creatures alive. Um just shoehorn in there, but that's not ever been, you know, known by the Navi people or they're not it's not explored deeply enough. They're just companions rather than like a exactly. civilization or like there's no exploration as to how they do things. Yes. Nothing. They're just sort of just there. And like when they're being attacked, they run. You know, they're obviously yeah. stronger and they come back at the end. I'm like, why didn't you just fight back before? Like, Dude, that's the first you time. know, one one whale took him down. You've been hunted for so long by these same people. You're <laughs> yeah, more yeah, intelligent. Yeah. Why you aren't you stopping that? this? Yeah. It's a good point. It's man. just in, so I can't I, mean, really, I almost felt excuse can me. I be cynical? cynical about this man like maybe like the scene where they hunt the whale and it dies the Tolkien and it dies that mm. hit hard pretty hard man that was pretty sad yeah i thought right maybe he yeah. was just going for the big emotional pull like you invest in this creature and yeah like it it almost felt like cynically put in there to like get a really intense reaction from the audience yeah. because i don't know I, maybe i would say that is the most emotional i was the whole film I know the eldest mm. son dies, Netayam, and that was actually yeah. sad and they built up to that well. Yeah. But I thought the whaling thing almost had more impact than like emotional impact mm. for me than a lot of the other things. But anyway, interesting. Yeah. No, you're onto something pretty pretty good because like I think he has a way of capturing emotion really well. Like yeah. in all the yeah. you know, his blockbuster movies, like geez, Terminator 2, like geez, emotionally, like you're really invested. Um Titanic, yes. you're invested again. So yeah. much. So you're really he does that really well. And this movie, yeah, like I was at one point, I was really like hating the humans when they're coming and taking down this, you know, this unknown <laughs> yes. tribe. Um, yes. Who like, the hell are they? Again, yeah. to touch, again, to touch on like, you know, tribal culture and stuff like that, like the ignorance that humans have, you could have gone on that path and actually shown they don't understand how tribal systems work and they're not actually inter- interconnected. Um, yes. We have that a lot here actually with the Aboriginal culture, I think, like they're yeah. separate tribes and they're not actually yes. all one you know, Westerners sort of understand them to be. You could have gone down that path and explored that, but you don't. Um, Again, it's more just for the emotional pull. It's like to just see, you know, humans being really evil towards uh, a tribe, like unnecessarily burning them, their village down, threatening to kill people. Um, Yes. No, but like like that, that, which is why I'm like, if the storyline was better, I could have really appreciated this movie so much more because like emotionally he got me. Like I honestly, at the the end scene, um, when they sort of see him again in the ancestral plane or whatever it is, yeah. taking the time from Marvel, I was like, you know, I was happy I had my 3D glasses on to hide the tears. But <laughs> it was um it, <laughs> it hard. Definitely it hit me hard with the, the whale dying, you're right, and the sun dying. Yeah. And again, Zoe Zodana pulling off that sort of, you know, that uh, emotion that she has. Yes. It yeah. really worked. So he he got all the beats right in terms of getting the emotional terms right, but the story was so weak. I walk away going like, this doesn't make much sense. Like, what was the motivation for the, the sky people? Was it just I didn't really understand. I couldn't really buy into what they were doing. It's just no. like revenge. And yes. you know, I didn't really understand. You're spending so much money and a team to take down Jake Scully, and Jake Scully is just running from tribe to tribe. 
you could yeah. have done something like use Scully as a yeah. link between all the tribes to take down the humans, for instance. Like, you know, yeah. let's get rid yes. of this guy once and for all. Let's unite the tribes. Yes. Miss opportunities once again. Yes. Speaking of yes. one more miss opportunity before I sort of pass it to you, man. Like the father-son, the colonel and spider relationship, man. So yep. half-ass felt. Like, ah, dude, I'm glad like, you agree on that. So much, yes. So much potential in this again. Because you have the colonel in a really weird situation where he's a clone with the memories of, you know, being a bad father, but he is not that same person. Yeah. So what's the relationship there? That's a really interesting that interesting dynamic. What it should, is. Should Spider, should Spider hate this guy? But he shouldn't because he's just a representation of his father, but yes. he's not the same person. So you could have explored yes. that in three and a half hours. You could have explored that a bit more. And honestly, man, at some points, I forgot that storyline even existed because it took so long <laughs> between yes. the different parts. It's it so true, dude. I, it was completely half-assed because I felt it had no trajectory, really. It just had random ups and downs that made no sense, right? Like yeah. suddenly Spider wants a father figure. That makes sense. You know, we all do as a child, I guess. And then, yeah. you know, suddenly his father's burning down a village and he hates him. Then the next minute um, his father's learning to the Navi way and he loves his father or like switch those yeah. around. But it's just like random peaks and troughs. And then at the end, yeah. his, he saves his father from dying despite the fact that his adopted family is now going to be in danger for the rest of their lives because the father just literally yeah. wants to kill Jake Scully and everyone. And if you had invested in that, I would have bought into that final act of saving his father a bit more. But I was just basically like, why the hell are you saving this guy? Like, let him die. Like, he's not a good person. So, I, yeah, no. I just felt it was completely half-assed, man. It was a missed opportunity because I think it could have been really nice and it shows the importance of father-son relationships oh, and that, yeah. you know, maybe children can let go of the bad things their fathers do because they're an idol to them or they look up to them so much. But it just felt like it didn't have a proper arc to it. No, you could have definitely gone down the path of um, sort of like one part I really liked about the original Black Panther was that, you know, mm. it had that challenge between yes, your father and son. Yes. Like your father yes. was someone that did something really bad. How do you then reconcile with that? What is it to you? You know, can you take the good parts or not? That They could have done something like that. And I think they had the time to do that, to be honest. I'm not going to excuse them yeah. for not having time in terms of the time it took to make this, in terms of the writing, yes. or the time yes. in the movie itself. You had the time to press that out. But, yes. And it could have been a good setup for what was coming up What's next. What's to come. But yes. yeah, man, the time, like I really started feeling this towards the final act because it was yeah. so generic. It was so, I could Are you talking about the action sequences as well? Yeah. Yeah. At the end, it's just like, oh, you know, that guy's here and it's up to the family to take him down. Um, yeah. Generic I've, humans versus everyone else. Um, yeah. Bad guys, very clear. Good guys, very clear. I mean, it was so long, yeah. man. There were times in that final sequence when I thought the action sequence was over, but then it had another part to it and it just kept going. Yeah. Hilariously, literally, the kids were kidnapped twice during that final yeah. sequence. <laughs> like they escaped yes. and then they were caught again and they had to be saved again. And they had been yeah. saved, like they'd been kidnapped earlier in the movie by Quattridge. So they got yes. like kidnapped three times. Kidnapped, yeah. And that was basically the same, same thing that was going on and on again. I also thought, where yeah. the hell did the sea people bail to? Also, they're like, yeah. where did they go? Like they're meant to be the go- like, amazing on water, like use all of your skills, beat the humans. They yeah. weren't really there. They just kind of got out of there at the first sign of trouble or like at the first like sign of victory. Yeah. What the hell was that? I didn't understand that at all. Because like, and once in early on, when they have like, um, you know, they confront Jake and tell him, you know, you brought the people here. Like, you know, this is awkward of you. And then, you know, he's telling him we have to evacuate, get everyone out. And the yeah. people are basically like, no, we're going to fight them. And they have a lot of yeah, Maori, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maori cultural <laughs> references there as well yeah. with um, yeah. what they're doing. But then yeah, it's like, we're going to beat them. We're going to show them how strong we are. And then they're in the fight for like, what, 10 seconds? Like, yeah. you know, I'm like, where, where did this I would have loved like- to see them gone. I would love to have seen them gone crazy on like these guys. Like, yeah. Yeah. These guys who live and, you know, breathe the water, know the way of the water. And like, surely there'd be beasts that's- and would like take care of the, these humans in no time. Yeah. That's the other thing I thought they could have done. They could have shown the expertise of the yes. way of the people of the water to be like, we understand yes. how to navigate train. We know how to use animals to advantage. We know 
things that humans yes. don't know. So we're just going to exactly. get rid of them. That's it. But yes. nothing like that. It was just like the end part was, oh my God, I was almost frustrated because like they had, I think they had captured, they got to say where like everything was done and like they had, um, it was Jake, Jake Scully versus the Colonel. And yes. then I thought like he's on a burning ship that's going to go down anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jake Scully turns around and he's like, let's do this. And it's a one-on-one fight. And I'm like, why? You know, why would you why, do this? Why, yeah. why do this? This is so unnecessary for every reason. I don't need to be here watching you doing a punch on one-on-one fight yeah. for what reason? Not interesting at all. So it just made the ending final act of the movie so hard to get through. It's like, it's already so long and I'm being subjected to this unnecessary end. It was it's hard to painful, get man. And there were parts of this where the, the actions of like Colonel Quattrich made no sense. Like, do you remember when Jake comes out of the water and he's like, there, I'm ready to be captured or shot. And he's got him in sight and he's like, now nah, yes. let's bring him on the ship first. I'm like, what? Just shoot him and kill him. Like, it'll be done. I don't, but there's some random, but again, it's just like a weird plot device to get Jake on the ship or something or to prolong the scene, yeah. obviously. But it just absolutely made no sense. Like, he was one shot away from achieving mm. his goal, Colonel Quadrich, and he was like, nah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. No, nah, it's hard to buy into. Even the um, end scene when he has a blade against um, yes, uh, the the child Kiri, I think it was. Oh no, yeah, yeah, he was a younger daughter. No, one yeah, of the daughters. Yeah. He has, and then you know, Zoe Saldana pulls a spider and says, you know, yep. son, a kid for a kid or something like that. Yeah, and, stops and yes. I'm like, you didn't really let me. I didn't feel this connection between father and son that much. Yes, yes, but he was so yes. cold-hearted before. Yes, so it didn't hit. Yeah, it didn't land. It, was, it didn't hit. No, no. So, Can I say the one part that landed yeah. for me in the final sequence, Army, is the whale, that Payakan, yeah. like, destroying that ship. I thought that was cool. I was like, finally, this yeah. whale is going ham on these people and giving them what they deserve yeah. and showing just what an amazing, like, beast it is. I thought that was, that was satisfying. Yeah, no, and I liked how it became sort of, they did pay off on the, the smartest animal because it was dodging arrows and yeah. bullets and everything yes. like that at the end. Yes. Yeah. It yeah. was, you know showing its sort of agility. So, and it sort of had that, you know, it's never attacked us before until now. You can see that coming from, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was As soon as you said that, yeah. I was like, yeah, they're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think it is important though for us to try and try and understand sort of what the vision of this sort of franchise is and where this sort of sits mm. in here. Because, you know, it's already been clear that this is going to be a franchise. So, you know, I, while well, critical as I am of this, I don't know, man, what do you think about Avatar 3, 4, potentially 5? How this sort of ties in? What's sort of next? Do you have any theories or what do you think can I'm, happen with this? I really, I mean, apparently the main villain, Quatrich, is going to be in all five films, which concerns oh, me a lot. I, I am very concerned if he is the main antagonist for all of these because I have no affection not affection but i have no connection to him in the same way that maybe thanos mm. or someone like that he he does not strike me as a villain that is grand enough to kind of like reach i don't know something that the audience will care about if you're building up to something yeah. in the fifth movie i guess so like where i am at the moment with this i'm not that excited about what comes next man but i i wish that they i hope that they're going to be more ambitious than just have this guy try and kill Jake Scully for the next three movies. I hope it is some piece about Jake Scully bringing the whole world together, as you're saying, working with different tribes and like kind of getting rid of humans one for, once and for all, or something a bit more deep even and learning to coexist with humans. That's how I hope this will go, something a bit deeper than just a pure action flick with amazing visuals. But I'm not optimistic after this film, man, that James Cameron has got any kind of like grand vision for this beyond rinse and repeat. Mm. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think because I've, I think the only thing I've heard about this is I think Jay Scully is not going to be the main protagonist. Um, oh yeah. Going forward. Yeah. So it, yes. it might, it might hand over to one of the kids. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. a combination maybe of Kiri and maybe a bit of spider and um, yep. the younger son, I guess. Yes. Uh, yes. So I'm a feeling, I have a feeling that that's going to happen. But Good point. After this movie, I'm a bit confused because I was hoping that they'd have more direction. Sort of 
you know, that I could see from here is it's just going to be going to different yeah. tribes, the way of the sand, the way of the clouds. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, what, yeah. What, like, you know, what well, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Like, what is next for him in his journey? Like, he becomes initiated into the uh, Metcaina, so maybe he doesn't leave the water. I'm not sure. But Correct. but they're obviously setting up some plot points, right? Like, as you're saying, the kids are mm-hmm. going to take over. The kid character, Kiri, she's obviously got some connection with the land and the spirit yep. that rules this world, Pandora. So she's obviously going to, like, use those powers and that connection to the land in some epic way in the future, right? I'm just hoping yeah. it's not some massive CGI battle with humans v Navi mm. and that's the end of it. But I mean, there's a little bit of foreshadowing, um, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that's not the direction. But I think optimistically there's a lot of good ways James Cameron could go with this. He's built a very detailed world yep. and he's excellent at it. So if he just is a bit more ambitious in what he wants to achieve, I think this could be great. Yeah, look, I hope that they do take some criticisms from the movie. Um, yes. I mean, if you're listening to this, which I'm sure you are, um, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> probably say, uh, you know, the writing is probably something I'd probably have a higher focus on because we've been blown away by the visuals. I, I'm, I'm going to be blown away by the visuals in number three. I can tell you already. Yeah, but totally. Yeah. I, that's my expectation. I want to see something better in the writing, yes. the storytelling, the character development, yes. and actually go in on those themes that you started, you know, yes. you know take me to the journey, which I want to sort of you know, leave with an emotional impact rather than just sort of scenes of like death of a whale, or death of a sun. Yes, just, yes. I don't want impact scenes anymore. I want stuff that's actually yes. more deeper than that. So I'm not sure where they're going to go with the franchise, man. It's it's kind of a good thing, I guess, in a way, because there's less predictability. Yeah. But let's see. Hopefully they do tap into the, some of the stuff that Kiri is doing because I was I did like some of that stuff. That yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and seeing that world and that ancestral place was really beautiful. It was yep, so touching to see get back together. Yeah. So, yeah, man. A lot of, lot of directions you can go, but, yeah. It's hard to know exactly. But uh, you're right. That is exciting. Matt, you mentioned the writing on this. Can I just go on a 30-second rant about this? Go for it. The writing on this was just so awful, man, to the point it was distracting and took <laughs> me out of the world. The number of times the kids said bro and cuz <laughs> and at one point, Jake called Kiri, his kind of adopted daughter, baby girl. And I was like, what? Oh is this written by like yep. a 15-year-old in the 90s? What the hell is this? <laughs> like, James Cameron, like, you're obviously an incredibly talented director. Leave the screenwriting to someone else because that was some basic yeah. level, like, screenwriting. That really actually took me more out of the world than the length of the film or anything else because it was just so jarring and distracting hearing kids on a foreign yep. planet call one another cuz and bro like it was very jarring yeah no that's a, that's a great point the dialogue in this was kind of putting i didn't really did why, why do the brothers have different accents do you know why did <laughs> i miss something a good good, good question i'm not sure it is very unclear. i didn't i don't know if i missed some line or something like that but they had completely different accents um yes and they grew up right. together so i don't really I understand What's the deal? why, but yeah, you're right. Some of the dialogue in this man was kind of, yeah. I mean, I put it past me at a certain point, but it was just <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, again, you had opportunities to develop culture through language and sort of yeah. something that there, especially with Jake Scully being, you know, human yeah. in a way. Yes. So, but yes. yeah, no, it was uh, <laughs> not, <laughs> not subpar. It wasn't the highlight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So... Let's get on to um, the good old D-scale, man. And let's... This is going to be a challenging one, man. So It really is. On your D-scale? Dude, I'm, I'm struggling because I have so many criticisms of this film and yet the visuals. Like this, if yeah. anyone is remotely interested in seeing this film, it needs to be seen on cinema. It's the only way. I didn't even watch it in IMAX in the way it was filmed and I was yeah. still blown away by it. So... My question is, can visuals make up for what I think was subpar in just about every other aspect of this film? And I think it can, sadly, just because the visuals are so far ahead of its time. But even still, defendable for me, man. That's as good as I can Mm. give it. Low-level defendable for me. Right, right. Yeah, see, I think I'm going to... This is probably one of the most challenging ones because you're right. Yeah, me too. He's done something 
visually unbelievably remarkable. Like he's done something yeah. so amazing that it's yes. going to be, I remember this movie for basically that sad thing is I remember it for only that, um, <laughs> you know, 100%. there's really not much else for me to sort of fall back on. I think the actors were great. Good. Again, yeah. in some job. of the scenes yeah. was probably the highlight. I thought she really bought it in this movie. But I can't excuse a three and a half hour movie with such poor writing. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a disaster, man. It, it's wow, it's a disaster. wow. Yeah, it, it's it's okay. just, <laughs> probably more exciting than the movie itself. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 man. Like it's just it, the missed opportunities were there. Um, I feel yeah. like he spent so much time on the visuals that he didn't even think about, you know, some of the stuff that actually carries the movie forward. So, so unfortunately for me, my only hope is this is the worst of the franchise. And if that's yes. the case, that's not too bad. You know, if this yep. is the worst of the fran- franchise, then it's not the it's not the worst. You know, it yes. can only go up from here. I think. Yeah. So that's a positive thing. Um, but overall, man, this is unfortunately for me a disaster. It's yeah, <sighs> it's made all the money in the world, but I can't excuse a three and a half hour movie. We've we've seen so many long movies, and yes, actually talk on and on about how well it's written. Um, yes. The plot that, you know, the, the sort of development of character is so strong in those movies, along yes. with plot and moments and movement, this one bogs you down in just, yeah. It's, the word you had, the word used before, self-indulgement, is very interesting. Because um, that scene, while it's probably my favorite, the whole adapting to the new civilization, yeah, yeah, yeah. is probably yes. one of my favorites, because it was just, yeah. Heartwarming and nice to see. It's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But overall, man, it was just way too long. And it took, then on top of that, the final act was so hard to get through. Yes. It's, yes. Unfortunately, a disaster, man. So, I can't call you out on that. That's a very reasonable, very reasonable call, man. Yeah. But um, this was a great conversation, man. I think it was really good to talk about this movie. And it's, Again, it's good because there's so much to talk about with this movie. Um, but yeah, if you listen to this, subscribe and like this video. Let us know what you thought about the movie. It's Am I just totally off? Is it the best movie ever? Um, <laughs> you know, um, let me know because maybe I'm not seeing something. Oh, I didn't connect the story up as well as I could have. But at least from what you tell me, Sunny, sounds like we're on the same page, more or less. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But um, till next time, man. We'll catch you in the next one. Looking forward to it. See you guys. Bye-bye.